Hey, thanks for joining us as we dig a little bit deeper into the parable of the Good Samaritan. There's a, a couple things that I think are worth exploring a little bit um, around the idea of mercy. But I want to I want to start with um, two questions, and and the first is the question that the uh, lawyer asked in uh, verse 25 to Jesus in Luke 10, verse 25. His, his question was. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And then I want to go down to the question that Jesus asked him um, all the way down in verse 36. So the lawyer's question is, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds after the conversation in the parable with this question. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? I think there's a lesson in that for us, and the lesson is um, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into the right question. I think oftentimes what we think is when we have a question, we just want the answer to that question. And I believe God provides answers to the questions we ask. But sometimes the question we're asking is not the right question. And the total and complete point of this parable of Jesus is that people who love God and love their neighbors will be merciful, will offer mercy to those in need. Um, the question that the lawyer asked was about himself. The question that Jesus answered was, how can you be a person of mercy to others? And so his question was, who's my neighbor? Jesus' answer or question is, what does it look like to be a neighbor? And, um, you know, we talked about our clothing drive a lot. And, and one of the questions we get asked oftentimes, not just with clothing drive, and I'm sure all churches get this question in some way, shape, or form, uh, through benevolence or providing assistance to people or you know, giving away food or what have you, but the question a lot of people have is, well, how do you know they're not taking advantage of you? And um, that is exactly the idea behind love your neighbor as yourself being acts of mercy. Um, that question can put us in a spot of constantly trying to evaluate and figure out who is deserving of mercy and who's not. When the reality is God's not going to judge any of us on whether or not we were good discerners of who deserved something and who didn't. He's going to judge us simply on whether or not we were merciful. And so somebody comes to the church and says, I need help with this or that. And, and, and they're in a situation where they do actually need help but it's because of choices that they've made or they're trying to sustain a lifestyle that's destructive or even just simply trying to take advantage of the church. God's going to judge them on the motivation of their request, but he's going to judge us on the motivation of our response. And so I would rather us be a people who can stand before God and say we were merciful because I don't think he's going to ask us did you ever allow anybody to take advantage of you? And the story of the life of Christ, not only the 33 years he walked this planet, but ever since his resurrection, 
is a story of him allowing himself to be taken advantage of. He allows himself to be taken advantage of even now. You think about the number of people in the world who, in the name of Christ, exercise greed and serve themselves and try to build riches. And, you know, we all have heard of ministries that just took advantage of people in the name of Christ. That in the name of Christ, people who went out and have started wars and persecuted others. In the name of Christ, people who have tried to separate themselves and build their own personal wealth and seek mansions and cars and airplanes. There's so many stories of Jesus being taken advantage of, typically not by people who despise him, but typically by people who profess to love him, who profess to know him. And he seems to be okay with that. He seems to be okay with being taken advantage of. And I think the reason he's okay with being taken advantage of is because he loves the Father with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he loves his neighbor as himself. And so when we realize that our love for God is our ultimate source, our ultimate provision, our ultimate protection, and that that love for God will flow out of us into love for neighbors, then we don't have to worry about being taken advantage of. Our mercy can never be misused because the mercy that we offer in the name of Christ is never lost. Whether it's doing something only in us or it's, it's bringing somebody to a point of conviction who's, who wants to take advantage of His mercy, it's never lost. And so... And the question that, that seems to come up at times is, yes, but how do I prevent myself from being taken advantage of? To me, it's not really a valid question. Maybe the question should be is, asked is, how do I live out of my love for God in such a way that it flows out towards neighbors? We had an interesting situation. It was the, the, the perfect message for what happened after church, um, after we'd gone through the parable of the Good Samaritan. There was a guy on the church parking lot holding up a sign saying he was homeless and he needed help. And um, one of the things he wanted was a tent. His tent that he was living in had had kind of fallen apart. Um, and it was an interesting dynamic to watch our people, and maybe some of you encountered him, but to watch us try to figure out how do we love our neighbor well, who's now in this moment right in front of us as we're leaving church. And I have to say that the questions and the concern that were brought back to me about this person None of them were about, but how do I know if he legitimately needs help? How do I know he's not a drug addict? How do I know he's not, you know, somebody who's who's a thief and 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 a person who just is seeking to take advantage? Those weren't the questions I got asked. The questions I got asked were, hey, has anybody helped him? Is, is anybody aware that he's out there? And and to me. I love that response because it means that as we walked out of church, we were wrestling with how do we show mercy to our neighbor, our neighbor who happened to show up right in our yard, 
right after we talked about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves so that we could be people of mercy. And you know the reality is so many stopped to try to help this man. And, and he did get help. But even more than that, so many engaged him to find out his story, to find out how we could help him change the trajectory of his life. And you know when you get down to it, maybe the deciding factor of what is mercy to somebody in need comes down to not am I just fulfilling your physical, tangible needs right now, but am I engaging you in such a way that lets you know that you have dignity as a human being, you are an image bearer of God, that I recognize you have needs, but I also recognize you have needs that maybe you don't even recognize yet. And so how can I engage you with mercy in such a way that your immediate needs are met, that I get to hear your story, and that I get to have some influence in your life as a person of mercy who might be able to help you change the trajectory of your eternal life, who might be able to, because I engaged you and spent time with you and I was merciful, who might be able to all of a sudden have some credibility to help you walk in a way that leads you to Christ. And so I think as we ponder the idea of what does mercy look like, I think we have to bring it it's going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but I think we have to bring it back to ourselves first. We have to come back to ourselves and figure out, what is the question I'm asking? Is the question, question I'm asking in this moment, is it about this person and their needs? Or is it about my heart, my love for God, that turns into an overflow towards the person who has needs, who's in need of experiencing mercy. I think if we can approach that and, and let Jesus invite us into asking the right question when we're in those situations and circumstances where we have the opportunity to offer mercy to someone, whatever that may look like, knowing that it's confusing sometimes and there's times where we don't want to um, enable someone, we don't want to have them take the good that we're trying to offer them and twist it into something that's destructive for them. But I think if we can ask the right question, if we can ask the question, how can I be a neighbor to this person? How can my love for God show up as love for this neighbor who's in front of me right now? Then I think all the other questions become a moot point. I think they're irrelevant at that point. You know, we go back to the lawyer in the parable of the Good Samaritan. His whole goal was to justify himself. He was trying to build a spiritual resume. Unfortunately, a lot of times in the church, when we have opportunities to offer mercy, we do it in such a way that's, that's just trying to build a spiritual resume. But I think there's a way to, to offer mercy the same way that this Samaritan offered mercy to this man who fell among the robbers. And I think that way forward is to let it always be an overflow of love for God that spills out and becomes love for neighbor. 
It's not about building a spiritual resume. It's not about justifying ourselves. It's not about feeling better about ourselves. Heck, it's not even about solving the problem. Sometimes mercy is simply about in this moment, can I make this person's world a more godly place? And I think that's enough. So I want to encourage you as you walk through the world this week and you, you look for opportunities to be merciful to others, I want to encourage you to ask the right question. And I think the right question begins with, is this flowing out of my love for God? Or am I trying to do something that comes from a love for self to be a better person, to feel better about myself? There are times where those two things line up, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes we, we do acts of mercy and we do it begrudgingly, but we know it'll make us feel better. And sometimes we do acts of mercy and they're from that source of love for God and they do make us feel better. They do light us up. They do make us feel as if we're growing in Christ intentionally. But, the bottom line to all of it is to ask the question, what is the source of my acts of mercy? And so I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to turn that question onto yourself as your eyes get open to those in need around you, to the opportunities to go and do mercy. And, and just start with that question and then act. Don't let the question become a question that you ask for so long that the opportunity disappears because that's not good either. But I would say this, go and do mercy and then ask the question, what was my motivation in that? Because if, if your motivation wasn't pure in the moment, at least you're aware of it. And if your motivation is pure in the moment, then it's gonna return with even greater yield of mercy in that person's life. But underneath it all, it comes down to Am I loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And if I am, then I'm going to begin to love my neighbor as myself. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that gives you a place to dive into. Just remember, just open your eyes. Just let your eyes be opened. Just let your, your heart be receptive to those around you that have needs. And just go and do mercy. You can sort it out afterwards. So I want to pray for you before you go into your time of discussion in your groups. And, and um, my prayer is that we would all be people who have our eyes opened, that they are focused on God, but that we're also aware of ourselves. Father, we're so grateful that you gave us this story of this Good Samaritan. And we're so grateful, Lord, even for this lawyer who we can kind of villainize and demonize as we read this story. But God, he, he, he's so reflective of us. He is a person who has that typical human heart that left to our own devices, apart from love from you, for you, we're always gonna seek to justify ourselves and to prove ourselves in front of others. But once that love for you becomes a spark and is fanned into flame by your spirit, then we become people who are willing to be diminished for the glory of your son and for the benefit of others. And so God, we ask that 
you would continue to do a work in our hearts, transform us into the image of your Son so that we can be a people who go and do mercy in every facet of our lives. When we see the need, we meet the need. And God, do that in each of us, in all of us, because Lord, we know that as you do that in our hearts and our minds, as your Spirit guides us into becoming those kinds of people who can love our neighbors as ourselves, who serve our neighbors generously, you will change those around us, our families, our, the people we encounter at work and in school, and God, ultimately, this community and this world. And so we ask that you would have your way in us in doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a great time in your groups.